Fáilte, welcome to another episode of Celtic Wisdom Talks, the Schlion Cree School of Irish Celtic Shamans podcast series. We invite you to imagine you're sitting at a hearth fire like your ancestors and listening to the wisdom of the ages from our dear friends and colleagues. It is my honour to introduce you to what I would refer to as a female Samaldonach, a woman of many talents. Melanie Lynch is the founder of Her Story and she's one of the leaders, dare I say the main leader, who successfully campaigned to make Bridget's Day Ireland's new national holiday, the first to honour a woman. Melanie, you are very, very welcome here. And I'm curious as to how you are celebrating Bridget's new national holiday this year. Oh, oh, Karen, just wonderful to connect. Always a pleasure to be in your company. And I have to say, firstly, before I answer your question, the Bridget's Day National Holiday Campaign was building on the legacy of many brilliant trailblazers, um, yourself included, and the wonderful work that you've been doing with Bridget's Way. It's been truly leading the light at a time when Bridget. You know, she was, shall I say, a little bit lost in the shadows, you know, very much maybe I suppose lost in St. Patrick's shadows. So thank you for all the incredible work that you've been doing to keep her her light alive. Oh, thank you so much. I'm blushing furiously here now, but I hear you and I thank you. So what am I up to on Bridget's Day? Well, I'm going to be in the Irish Embassy in Brazil. We're launching the Peace Heroines exhibition there. It's an exhibition I curated um, with the Herster Education Trust two years ago. And um, that'll be a wonderful celebration for Bridget's Day, very much in the, in the spirit of Bridget. She was in a renowned peace peacemaker. Um, she had no time for war and conflict. And I think in our times, it's an incredible story to tell the role of the women in the peace process in Northern Ireland. Absolutely instrumental, a key United Nations case study and almost forgotten back in home in Ireland. And we've been trying to change that. So wonderful to see that our Northern Irish heroines continue to inspire women all across the world and other conflict zones and hopefully this will be, be, be the beginning of a tour across South America so great great um spotlight there for the Northern Irish heroines and oh, that's fantastic and very much highlighting as you say Bridget as a woman of justice a woman of peace and and a woman of equality so um it's fantastic to have that spread worldwide and as far away as Brazil. Now, I believe that there are wonderful her story happenings here in Ireland. Yes, so closer to home, uh, back in the motherland, we have stunning light shows across Kildare, Clare and Dublin. Um, so starting on Bridget's Eve with the wonderful Bridget 1500 festivals, incredible anniversary festival that they are um, hosting this year in Kildare uh, for her big anniversary. And we'll do light shows all across Kildare on the 31st and the 1st, so Wednesday and Thursday of this week. And then we will journey to the west of Ireland to the wonderful County Clare. Um, we'll be illuminating Bunratty Castle there and the Tower in Doolin um, and Ennis Diamond, uh, the Falls Hotel. So, yeah, it's great Fantastic. lineup. Working A great lineup, an absolutely amazing lineup. And I believe there was a 
a competition. So you've got images from many different people. Yeah, from all across Ireland, Northern Ireland, Canada, the US, Germany. Amazing to see the response and how Bridget is inspiring people all across the world. I mean, she's a universal icon. There's so many universal symbols to Bridget. She's the the goddess of fire, of water, of poetry, fertility, blacksmithing. I mean, the list goes on and on. And we know about the saint as well. You know, really, for me, the representation of true Christianity, the beauty of Christianity, which I think has been somewhat lost by um, the scandals of the Catholic Church. Um, and I think it's really important that we reawaken that that true Christianity. So um, there's a great light, a light that's burning bright in Bridget. Um, and a women's empowerment within the church, within Christianity, I think is really important. I'm just so thrilled that there's a female Bishop of Kildare in the Church of Ireland, the wonderful Protestant. Isn't that very, very yeah. apt in these times? Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought it was so wonderful to see the Solace Breda sisters um, mm. walking with the new relic that has come home to Kildare this time. So the women were were very, uh, there was a highlight for them, shall we say. They oh, were um, very much emphasised. Tell me this, what would you consider the wisdom of Bridget, the pre-Celtic, the Celtic goddess? Well, to begin with, Bridget, just capital you know um, so I suppose when we started this day campaign I really had to hold a mirror up to my own faith and my process with spirituality and I had questions as to whether we should actually run a campaign through her story because I was concerned you know we have a very liberal spirited feminist movement I didn't want to get um, her caught up in the tangles of the Catholic Church and like you know in Ireland we're really just only starting to heal from all the trauma of the church you know and early days in a in a in a very long painful process and so I, I I was hesitant I was reluctant and then I started to delve deep into who Bridget truly was and I just was in awe of this woman of of this archetype of this energy um it was profoundly healing for me personally she really spoke to me the, the goddess and the saint and I think this is very important for some people they will want to choose one or the other um, but for me, I don't have to choose. I love both of them. And I think they represent the, the best of our Celtic tradition um, and our our uh, true Celtic Christian tradition. So it's an, it's an earlier form of Christianity that I, I sense and from like some records that we know exist that Celtic Christianity was lighter, a bit more liberal than the, the heavyweight, the Roman Catholic Empire in the early I would days. agree. Yeah, yeah, I think there was more of a, shall we say, a paganistic element and of course, many people don't realize that the word pagan, the etymology of it is one who lives in the country or one who is close to nature. Oh, wow. Yeah, amazing. I'm just wondering, this might sound an interesting question, but a woman who has held a vision for so long, who has really made things happen in worldwide, Melanie, uh, you have a wonderful natural leadership and a knack of knocking on the doors of institutions that traditionally might not have gone with the the amazing illuminated light shows, the the peace heroines. There's so much that you've done. So I wonder what brought you to the current wisdom you personally hold? Well, when I look to wisdom, it comes from many wonderful places. 
my lineage would speak to me. Um, so my mother's line, my matrilineal line, uh, seven generations hailed from Northern Ireland, from uh, from Anna. Uh, on both sides, I'm Catholic and Protestant blood. Got my DNA test recently. I'm 50% Irish, 47.5% English. Um, so I hold a polarity in my blood. And, you know, it's funny. It actually gives me great peace to know that I actually have both sides in me because there's a harmony in that I don't have to pick the hard edge. I don't have to pick one side. Um, and so I think that really guides a lot of my work is how do we move beyond polarity? How do we move beyond conflict, division? Um, how do we reconcile? How do we dissolve, resolve? How do we um, rise to the higher levels of consciousness to see the bigger picture and to not get caught up in so much unnecessary dualism like it's just it seems to be the defining um theme of our time i know that's how human psychology works you know uh, you know our, our brains ping pong from one extreme to the next or on varying um points within that scale and then we know of course from studying um spirituality especially buddhism they have great teachings on duality that you can't reach any form of enlightened without enlightenment without you know resolving um and going beyond those polarities and so i think i remember it was a big epiphany for me <laughs> on a buddhist um, retreat in the heart of ireland in cavan and um, they were teaching duality um, for the first time uh it was a big epiphany for me personally um you know jesus couldn't have been there's no way he could have been sexist because you can't be sexist and reach enlightenment. So therefore he was a feminist. And it certainly explains why there's so many amazing, brilliant women in the Bible, female disciples. Channel 4 made a brilliant documentary about it. Um, and so for me, that's a gift of Bridget as well, because the goddess, she's the goddess of fire and water, the masculine and feminine elements. Um, and she is an alchemical master in how she plays with she dances with the polarity um and ultimately creates great healing there's a huge healing force in her work and you would know this karen from working with bridget's energy is it's everybody um feels the force when she's in the room and wonderful things happen when you work with her energy and um when you set the intention there's no stopping really how far it can go so i just think it's a great time for ireland i think if you look at our history you know, in one generation, Ireland has transformed from being no country for women to a world leader for equality. You know, and this is our first national holiday to honour a woman, our saint, our goddess. And I think it's really a glimpse of a young nation that is rising to heal its past. Um, and Bridget is a great light for that process. That's so beautifully said. I mean, from your wisdom, what change do you yearn for, for yourself, for Ireland, for the world? Um, a woman who I would look to for guidance and wisdom is the visionary Dr. Ian Eisler, uh, author of many incredible books, including The Chalice and the Blade. Uh, Princeton said it was the most important book since Darwin's Origin of the Species um, on the days that I give up on humanity. It happens to all of us at the best of times. Um, I will listen to Rian Eisler's words. Um, you can listen to the audiobook, and it's her voice reading her incredible um, academic research and uh, brilliant insights. Um, it's such a soothing balm for my soul when I lose heart. Um, but she 
um, made a, f- a few very important revelations. She was looking to the to the archaeological studies across the world, particularly Europe, and she realized that actually all of Europe, prehistoric Europe, our ancestors, um, were goddess worshipping cultures. If you go back far enough, it's not just Ireland; it's all across Europe. And there's no evidence in this era that our ancestors mass produced weapons. There's no evidence that they were driven to create wars. So therefore, you cannot say that the warrior is actually an archetype. It's only a very recent part of our, of our evolution, uh, only the last 5,000 to 10,000 years. So I think that gives me great hope that this is only a recent blip and that we can hopefully somehow move beyond um, the destruction. Um, and I think a, a big part of that process is going to be healing the split in our consciousness, the separation in our consciousness that's been created from uh, the divide between humanity and the land, the earth, Mother Earth. I think the fall of mankind is not when Eve bit, bit the apple, it's when uh, in the Old Testament, um, they declared that man should have dominion over the world and all living things. I think that was our fall, this domination system structures. Um, it's just delusional. Like fundamentally, we have a symbiotic relationship with nature when we try to dominate it and see it for capital gain as a commodity. Look what happens. Um, and so it's a it's a process of relearning um and remembering and reawakening and i think the celtic pagan tradition holds so much wisdom um through that process but i get excited too because i look at my own lineage and my great-grandparents were farmers and they only knew organic farming they only knew sustainable farming um and that's only what three generations ago so that's how close we are to to living harmoniously with nature again need to remember that it's not that far ago and then we can look to the wisdom of indigenous cultures from all around the world they're only five percent of the world's population but they actually are gatekeepers to 70 percent of the world's biodiversity and we need to hear more of their voices we need to remember how to live in harmony with the earth again Um, beautifully uh, said it's all there absolutely and i'm just wondering um as a little girl growing up uh, in Ireland, and you mentioned your DNA from both Celtic islands. Was there anything particular that you did or that you saw or observed as as a young girl, as, as a child growing up that informs this Celtic wisdom within you today? I think I was a born naturalist, so I loved being out in nature. Um my dad would bring me on adventures. Uh, we'd go to islands, um, bird watching, climbing mountains. Um, I loved having my hands in the earth. Um, and I think a child is born with that innate, intuitive, just knowing there's a sense of rootedness to the land that we sometimes as adults, we momentarily forget. I'm still relearning and unlearning and relearning. Um, so that would have had a huge influence on me. My dad also introduced me to many philosophers. I remember that quote he told me as a young girl by Anthony de Mello, um, the Jesuit. He said, um, 
the cause of, ma of man's suffering is the inability to sit still and be alone. Um, and so I've always loved solitude, uh, nature. And that's when I get my great inspiration is being alone in nature. Um, and also, I think um, I think I, I come from a. How would I describe it? Um, it was a challenging um, uh, arrival into the world and that I was born illegitimate in 1986. So in the eyes of the Irish state and church, I was a lesser human, actually. By law, I couldn't own land or be a civil servant. And so I actually had the perfect CV to be born into the mother and baby homes and incarcerated in the Magdalene Laundry. Um, not an easy time for my family, but the reality is um, they only showed me love and kindness, which is ironically the true Christian ethos. And I wasn't born into a mother and baby home. I never I never went to a Magdalene laundry, neither to my mother. And so we were just very lucky. We were of that generation where we could open. But uh, I, I was born into a, a very caring family who only showed me love. And my grandmother, Lily, she had a really beautiful faith as well. It was just very light um loving just pure kindness she never talked about hell sin guilt I never heard her say those words in the the 36 wonderful years that I I knew her so um they were huge influences on me and then also going to a school that was multi-denominational where all faiths were welcome and that you could explore your faith and and the more um the more diverse cultures um having that influence at a young age was it was really um uh, expansive you know there was 28 nationalities in my school in Wilson's Hospital School it was a really 28 liberal. that's phenomenal yeah. that's it was wonderful really... isn't it that the diversity yeah. and again we swing back to Bridget she was very much a woman of equality diversity that's that's wonderful yeah and like I mean looking to my own Celtic lineages and this is actually back to my mother's roots from Northern Ireland so you're talking about a family of herbalists of healers my cousin was a water diviner but I also have to thank and to name two ancestors on that lineage who were brave enough to go to America during the famine they had no choice they were refugees they had to leave and these were two single men without a third level education and they left Ireland knowing they would never see their family again and they were courageous enough and generous enough to go and they sent money home they didn't have to but they did and they single-handedly transformed the prospects for all of my family I'm still benefiting from their kindness and their generosity we did the light show and the theme is for everyone under Bridget's cloak it's an old Irish Celtic saying um and I think you know Arcade Mila Fulcher Island of a Thousand Welcomes is under serious threat at the moment with the rise of the Fire Ocean. It's really sad to see because if you look at our story, uh, being Irish, um, you know we are a global a global culture. There's okay, there's seventy thousand uh, migrants that are new to Ireland, but there's seventy million Irish diaspora in the world. Just to put that into perspective, and I think we have to remember that like the Irish are the people who always came from somewhere else. There's no such thing as an original Indigenous Irish race. St. Patrick was also a migrant. He was Welsh and the Celts were migrants too. And so this is fundamentally who we are as a people. And I know there's, you know, been a lot of talk about um, migrants coming to Ireland, refugees, in particular um, attacks on the single men coming here. And 
I just think it's really important to look to our own lineage. There are two single men in my family who didn't have a third level education, who went to America and sent you know money home to the family, and we're all we're all thriving because of them. You know, so really important to remember our roots and who we are as a people. Very well said. Yes. Um, I mean, when we think of either the welcomes that the Irish diaspora got around the world or the welcome they didn't get. Exactly. In both cases, there is an inspiration for us to have that Cade Mila Falcha, the mm. hundred thousand welcomes. Yes. If if you could put into a bottle of Celtic wisdom from all that, you know, Melanie, what would you put in that bottle of Celtic wisdom? What little nugget, little treasure or gem from all that you have learned so far in your wonderful life? Wow. Where to even begin? <laughs> For me, um, I love this beautiful old Irish Celtic saying that you must keep um, enough food provisions think ahead for the next seven generations you have to save for the next seven generations um and it's a lovely reminder of um our ancient ancestors and how they live sustainably how they thought ahead the bigger picture and it mirrors many indigenous cultures the Dayak um tribe the, the guardians of the Borneo rainforest I've met with them two years ago lived with them and they live in in near perfect harmony with nature it's stunning to see this tribe living and and there we go they have a very similar philosophy you know they say always leave enough for the next day always leave enough for the animals you take what you need from nature not what you want and so I think if we were to yeah to remember the Celtic um philosophy around nature and in the words of John Moriarty remember how to walk beautifully on the earth again it's oh. all the Beautifully said, beautifully said, the great John Moriarty. And, and of course, you mentioned the herbalists in, in your maternal line. Um, isn't the philosophy you, you always take um, a third of whatever herb or plant because you must need, you must leave the roots for it to regrow so that there's that sustainable, that, that lovely reciprocity between us and, and the plant world. Oh, wow. I heard that one before. It? Yeah, it's really beautiful. Melanie, we, we could talk for eons here, but maybe finally, what Celtic wisdom is unforgettable to you? If you could imagine a Celtic wisdom for the ages. Wow. Um, I love the teachings of John O'Donoghue. I love how he weaves in Celtic philosophy with the beauty of Christianity, how he's, he reclaimed that lost Celtic Christianity. That really spoke to me as a man who was a priest who then became a brilliant philosopher. Um, love the work of John Moriarty as well. I've been on a really beautiful dance actually recently. Um, I say recently, we, we commissioned a new series of photographs with um, the photographer Miriam Reand and the conceptual artist Anya O'Brien in the west of Ireland in County Clare and we've been diving into um, many lost Celtic goddesses and archetypes and reimagining them for the 21st century and they're embodied by local women um, 
beautifully captured by these very, very talented artists. And that's been a really um, nourishing creative process for me is, is to bring these archetypes alive and to see how any woman and every woman can embody these women's, these goddesses qualities. So they become living, breathing goddesses again. Um, so that's been a beautiful process creatively for me. And I'm really looking forward to delving deeper um into this this the, these themes over the coming years that's the gift of Bridget she keeps on giving and it's only the beginning of our new national holiday and I think there's an opportunity to create something incredibly authentic um I hope it doesn't lose its soul like St Patrick's Day has in some ways um I hope that, that yeah there's a there's a way to uh hold the integrity whilst being creative and visionary and so far I've seen that actually from the Irish diaspora, the embassies have been fantastic, um, beautiful events. And then the new festivals popping up across Ireland. It's lovely to see all the organic um, interpretations of Bridget locally and how, yeah, how modern Ireland is interpreting a woman who in many ways we're still catching up with. You know, she was so ahead of her time. So that's been hugely nourishing. And it is particularly amazing that this is only the second year of the national holiday last year was um it, it seemed almost like a one-off it was oh after the years of the pandemic here's this amazing time off and this year it's really copper fastened and to see what has emerged so quickly i mean a very um how would you say mature and far-reaching festival around Bridget. I would agree with you. And by all accounts, it seems to be that very uh, bottom up rather than top down. Although there are those that say both are going to meet in the middle. But I would agree with you. And I thank you so much, Melanie, because you really are there at the, the beating heart of it all to to glean from the past and from your ancestry and then to bring it forward. Uh, a modern Bridget, a visionary. And, and I like applaud yourself. all of your all of your amazing work. Um, tell us, Melanie, how we can get in touch with you. Um, her story is everything channeled through the beautiful website. It is indeed. Yes. So if, if you want to find out more about the events that we have on for Bridget's Day, Bridget's Week now, um, uh, you can visit uh, her story story.ie forward slash events and you can follow all the action on our social media um her story ireland so please do share and yeah send in ideas as well for what you want to do for bridges day next year and the year after and every other year it's only the beginning it's only the beginning melanie it is a pleasure always a pleasure to have what i would consider a sacred conversation with you mila buikas a thousand thanks and may Bridget's Day and Bridget's Week be absolutely glorious for you in, in many, many ways. All you so richly deserve. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. It was really wonderful to talk to you, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Mila Buikas. And there we have a slán gafol, a goodbye for a little while from this episode of Celtic Wisdom Talks from Sleán Cree. We look forward to joining you at another episode in the future. Toga bogay, go gently, agus berbua. Berbua. Slán gafol. <laughs>